0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global Hour at 6. Good
1: evening and thanks for joining us. RCMP are warning the public tonight about the dangers of vigilante justice. It
2: comes after a Port Alberni couple tackled and zap-strapped a man they allege came to their home for sex with their 13-year-old daughter. John Wa has more on what happened and who is potentially facing charges.
3: Come to
4: my house to meet my 13 year old daughter. To f- her. He wanted to be her first.
5: Hogtied and face down on the ground.
4: You have anything to say for yourself live on Facebook?
5: Streamed on social media for everyone to see.
4: We f-ing tackled him and zap strapped him and called the police. Because earlier today, when I asked the police to come here for this meet, they said no.
5: A Port Alberni mother says frustration with police pushed her to take action into her own hands against an alleged child predator.
4: I went to the police and I asked them to come with me. It's not my job. It was theirs. That's why I gave it to them to deal with.
5: The parents whose identity we are concealing to protect the teen involved say they tried for six weeks to get Port Alberni RCMP to intervene, eventually staging their own sting with a 28-year-old man who allegedly sent nude photos and messages about having sex to their daughter.
4: messaged my daughter and asked her to meet and I said okay because I need
5: an end to this
6: Prefer if you not
5: me. When police arrived on the scene of the April 12th takedown, their attention quickly turned from the man on the ground to the three people who put him there. Are detained
2: for assault right now? Okay. Oh, sorry. I figured. Right. Okay. okay. So you put your hands behind you back? Okay. All
5: three. No charges have been laid. RCMP say they were already investigating the alleged child luring and will continue to do so. Also launching a separate investigation into the alleged assault. Enforceable confinement tied to the video.
6: Sometimes investigations take time and unfortunately people have to um, show a little patience with that. But
7: when we do it, we want to do it right.
6: I'm arrested because we caught a predator.
5: This mother says she doesn't regret her decisions. A GoFundMe page has been set up to help fund her defense.
4: I don't think I could have done anything else differently. Only the police
6: could have done something differently. Why wouldn't the police come and help me catch this predator
5: John Hua, Global News.
2: Breaking details now about an alleged sexual assault in Delta. Police warning the public after a woman was attacked in the early morning hours of April 12th near Sunbury Hall. The suspect is described as a Caucasian male, approximately 35 years old, 5 feet 10 inches tall with a medium build, short brown hair, a full beard, and a thin looking face police assuring the public that there will be an enhanced police presence in that area
1: a low-cost airline popular with british Columbians for cheap getaways is in the spotlight tonight serious questions being raised about safety practices paul johnson joins us live in our newsroom with more on this and paul this involves allegiant air and a record of close calls
8: uh... Sophie, uh just last year uh, overall was actually a uh, a very safe year uh, for aviation. And, you know, a lot of people in the Lower Mainland use Allegiant to fly out of Bellingham, places like Las Vegas, L.A., Hawaii, Phoenix. They have some of the cheapest flights available. Now they've got a major league image problem on their hands. If you're the PR rep for an airline, here's a sound that'll keep you up at night.
0: And you're a former member of the NTSB. Would you fly on an Allegiant plane? I have encouraged my family, my friends, and myself not to fly on an Allegiant.
8: And if you thought that was bad press, wait until you hear the stories from some of Allegiant's passengers.
1: As soon as the wheels came up, the engine blew.
6: Here we go. We're taking off. Say blast. Oh,
4: I'll never forget this, the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. Captain comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, we've been informed there's, there's smoke in the cabin. Please start breathing through your shirts.
8: Last night's report on 60 Minutes allegedly revealed a long list of safety issues for the Las Vegas-based low-cost airline. They say Allegiant has had an alarming number of aborted takeoffs, loss of cabin pressure, unscheduled landings, and engine failures. While Allegiant doesn't fly to any Canadian cities, they service a number of smaller U.S. cities like Bellingham, where many Canadians use the airline as a cheap getaway to a sunny destination.
1: All right, as you pointed out, Paul, uh, last year was actually a very safe one for aviation.
8: Yeah, it was uh, for aviation in general, and Allegiant shot back today. They told me this afternoon that that 60 Minutes report was a false one-sided narrative, they say the network cherry-picked interview subjects. They say they've safely flown 90 million passengers since they launched in 2001. Sophie?
3: Okay.
1: All right, thanks for that, Paul.
9: You bet.
2: Well, some prominent
1: pipeline
2: opponents digging in today, outlining their next steps uh, in the fight against Kinder Morgan. That follows a summit on, uh, on the weekend in Ottawa where the Prime Minister vowed to push Uh, where the Prime Minister vowed to push ahead with the Trans Mountain Expansion Project. Ted Cherneck, he has more on the impasse. And the Alberta bill
0: just tabled that could turn off the taps to B.C. Native leaders in Vancouver responded today to the weekend summit in Ottawa by declaring once again the Kinder Morgan pipeline will never be built. And if the courts don't stop the pipeline, there are those willing to die to stop it.
6: Anything that they do, I've been through it before. My people have been through it before. I'm going to fight in this uh, to the end.
0: Throughout the message, this is now way more than a pipeline issue. It's about the rule of law, United Nations guaranteed human rights, the constitutional right for a province to protect its environment. For these reasons, this group claims unparalleled support.
10: There are people who are joining with us. They believe that this has become ground zero for who is controlling our democratic institutions. Is it the people of our country or is it the multinational corporations?
0: But that's not how all native leaders see it. It's not true here in British Columbia that there is wall to wall to wall opposition on the part of First Nations to the completion of the Kinder Morgan expansion project. There are 43 communities, uh, probably more now, that have reached mutual benefits agreements with Kinder Morgan. Meanwhile, the threat of rapidly rising gasoline prices in B.C. took another step closer to reality with the introduction of new legislation in Edmonton today.
11: We cannot in this country go forward in a way that allows one veto to shut
6: down every national project.
0: Alberta's Bill 12, if passed, would give that province the power to issue licenses to companies exporting everything from crude to refined petrol. Companies who violate the license face a $10 million a day fine. Back at the news conference in Vancouver, the news there was met with indifference.
12: I don't think for a moment um, the vast majority of British Columbians will be held hostage by the price of uh, gas
0: and filling up their vehicles. Um, so, Not worried? No. Nope. Ted Czernacki, Global News.
2: Well, Keith Waldry joins us now from Victoria with more on Bill 12. Keith, you've kind of nicknamed this some back pocket legislation. <laughs> How long is it going to stay there for Alberta and when could they pull it out?
10: Yeah, I've been in, in constant contact with uh, Rachel Notley's people. This is the bill. It's not very big, Bill 12, only seven pages long. And they tell me, yeah, this is the proverbial uh, put it in your back pocket and wait for a rainy day type of legislation. So uh, the bill's going to be passed pass, uh onto the books within a couple of weeks, and then it's going to stay there uh, and will not be enacted for some time, if if ever, potentially, as we'll see how this dispute on, unfolds. One scenario, though, keep an eye on this. If John Horgan's government wins its reference case in court that would allow B.C. to regulate the flow of bitumen, that's the likely time Alberta would set in motion this bill, which would regulate the flow of gasoline to BC. And that's when things could get really ugly, folks. The price of gas here is sky high. Alberta's economy is starting to uh, basically fall apart uh, under that scenario. I don't think we're going to get there. That's the worst case scenario. Uh, But for now, don't expect high gas prices anytime soon as a result of this bill passed, uh, likely to pass in a couple weeks in Alberta. But we may get there depending on the relationships between the two uh, governments and what happens to that pipeline.
2: All right. In the meantime, uh, they'll keep talking it out. Thanks. Thanks (laughs) very much, Keith. Well, B.C.'s attorney general's office has now taken over the Trans Mountain Pipeline case involving dozens of protesters. That means most are now likely facing criminal contempt charges instead of civil contempt of court charges, including possibly two MPs. The protesters were in Vancouver Supreme Court today. They were arrested last month. For violating a court injunction ordering them to stay five meters back from the Burnaby Mountain construction site. Two special prosecutors have been appointed to make a decision on charges against MPs Elizabeth May and Kennedy Stewart.
10: My constituents are deeply against this pipeline, my mayor is against this pipeline, my premier is against this pipeline, so I'm doing everything I can do to, to reinforce the will of my constituents so and I'll continue to do so. The first trial will
2: begin May 7th. For the first 10 arrests, 167 motions of contempt have been served so far.
1: Dozens of neglected dogs have been surrendered to the SPCA. It's hard to tell, but these dogs are Havanese and Havanese Cross. 45 of them turned over by a former breeder just outside of Victoria to the SPCA last week. The dogs' coats were matted with feces and urine. And the SPCA says they were living in unacceptable conditions inside the home due to high levels of ammonia.
13: This is a a case that absolutely highlights the need for uh, regulations around dog and cat breeding in B.C. We're pleased that we're working with government on those regulations. A piece of legislation was passed last year uh, uh, that would set up a framework for individuals who are selling or breeding and selling dogs or cats in B.C.
1: The SPCA will be recommending charges of animal cruelty. The dogs are being cared for at a number of shelters on Vancouver Island, but are not currently up for adoption.
2: The victim of a sexual assault got his day in court finally today. The cold case dates back decades and allegedly involves a Maple Ridge Elementary School. The victim now suing the school district in a civil trial. As Romina Dea reports, the victim choking back tears as he explained how the abuse has impacted his life and a warning some viewers may find details of this case disturbing.
11: Darren Telford has waited patiently for 27 years to tell his story.
3: Kind of surreal. Um, I waited so long, and um, it feels good to be in there.
11: 32-year-old Telford testified he was in kindergarten at Glenwood Elementary in Maple Ridge when the abuse began.
3: Some of the abuse took place by the Playground. Telford
11: told the court the perpetrator, Joseph Duff, allegedly a school volunteer, sexually assaulted him multiple times on and off school property, starting at the age of five in 1991. At the playground, he approached me, Telford said. He put his hands on my back, took me out of bounds, and put his hand down my pants. He was my penis, saying it's getting bigger, it's getting bigger.
3: Good job. Uh, it's a flood of emotions, but... I've had to deal with this my whole life. Like, I've almost become numb to it.
11: Telford claims his mother reported the abuse to the school, but nothing was ever done. The lawyer for the school district says the case involves a vast amount of hearsay evidence, and many key witnesses are dead, including the victim's mother, Loretta Telford, the perpetrator, Joseph Duff, and the school principal, George Sikora. The school district denies liability on various grounds, including employees had no knowledge of any
3: wrongdoing. I just think it's offensive just to fight me so hard on this.
11: Ultimately, Duff was charged in 1999 with eight sex-related offenses involving three children, but the charges were dropped. Duff entered into a peace bond on two counts involving Telford only. What equals a win for you at this point?
3: to be acknowledged that it did happen. I think an apology would be nice.
11: Telford is expected to be cross-examined tomorrow. Romina Dea, Global News.
1: The Vancouver Park Board is considering two new proposals to, tra- to change how much park visitors pay for parking. Our Jennifer Palma is outside the Park Board meeting tonight with more on the options. Jen?
13: Yeah, that's right, Sophie. There are two options on the table. One will bring fees. The other one might reduce them. So let's take a look at that first option. Uh, The first motion is actually one that's coming back regarding Spanish banks. Previously, there was public outcry over charging for parking, and it was dropped. But now a revised version says keep the first two hours free and then start charging. The second motion is looking at giving Vancouver residents a break by introducing reduced or special rates for parking at Vancouver's beaches and parks. Here's what Commissioner Catherine Evans had to say to us.
6: I really want Vancouver to feel included in the parking. Access is really important to the park board. And if... Lowering our parking fees for our own residents who are already paying taxes here uh, can make them, you know, give them access to their parks and and other big recreation sites, uh, big tourist attraction sites, then I think that's worth doing.
13: So that money, the parking revenue, is about 5% of the overall budget for the Park Board. And the money is put to good use, they say, for maintenance as well as safety and security initiatives at parks and beaches. The meeting is set to start at 6.30 tonight and we'll, of course, update you tonight on the news hour. All right. Final, back to you.
1: <laughs> news at 11. All right. Thanks very much for that, Jen.
2: No trouble finding parking these days. It's been a rather dreary month to visit parks in Metro Vancouver. In fact, more rain has fallen in the first half of April then typically falls the entire month meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us now with the gruesome details Christy
7: that's right Chris So if you're sick and tired of the rain you have good reason this was the scene in White Rock today gray wet and darn right dreary small talk everywhere is certainly about the rain
5: you know what we live in Vancouver so we get used to
7: it I was ready for spring a month ago <laughs>
3: it's better than being back east or or in Calgary or Edmonton or anywhere else
7: true. At least it's not snow, but check out these numbers. In the first 15 days in April at YVR, we've had 13 days with rain out of those 15. Now, average for that period would be eight. And look at the amount of rain, 102 millimeters blowing past the average of 44. And that number, as Chris mentioned, is more than we would see for the entire month. And to top it off, a snowfall warning is in effect for the Southern BC Mountain Highways. Rogers Pass could see up to 20 centimeters by noon to Tomorrow, Kootenay Pass, 15, and the Hala 10. And when I come back, which one day will be dry this week?
2: Can't wait to hear that. Thanks, Christy.
7: Right now, though,
1: a Prince George High School student is making headlines for her imaginative way of fighting back against a bully.
2: She was the target of a crude insult scrawled on a bathroom wall, but as Tanya Beja reports, the girl turned it into a show of defiance. And again, a warning, some of the language in this story is graphic.
7: The offensive graffiti was scrawled across the bathroom walls of Prince George's College Heights Secondary.
13: It kind of stung, but like I thought it was funny, you know.
7: Someone wrote Kaylee Kukula is a
13: disgusting,
7: flat, ugly slut.
13: I used to get bullied in like elementary school and stuff, but like it's never really happened this like much in high school. So it was kind of like a shock.
7: The grade 9 student didn't want her anonymous bully to get the upper hand, so she printed the message on a t-shirt and wore it to class.
13: I just kind of wanted to almost like get back at the person who did it and kind of show like what they wrote didn't hurt me. I just thought I would get in trouble from the shirt and like they were like, no, that's actually a really good idea. So that was that was cool.
7: Kukula's actions quickly praised by classmates and the Prince George School District. My reaction was uh, to be uh, really proud of one of our School District 57 students for taking initiative and finding a very creative way to draw attention to something that was meant to be damaging and turning it into um, a positive statement. The graffiti was removed and Kukula invited to join a peer leadership team. She says she hopes her experience will encourage victims of bullying to speak up.
13: If you have something happen to you, tell someone and just wear it on your sleeve because those words don't define you.
7: Tanya Beja, Global News.
2: Powerful message. Mm -hmm. Well, as we live more and more of our lives online, the protection of our privacy is a growing concern. A new survey finds Canadians' fear of identity theft is way up.
1: At the same time, our trust in what businesses are doing to safeguard us is down.
6: Our consumer matters reporter Andrea joins us now with the details. Ann, well, the numbers are telling. Thanks you too. One thousand adults were randomly sampled in the annual fraud survey commissioned by the Chartered Professional Accountants of Canada. With about four in ten respondents fearing their personal information has been compromised, seventy-one percent of those surveys say they are worried about identity theft. That's up from sixty-six. Last year, 76% of respondents feared Canadian companies are vulnerable to cyber attacks involving their personal data. 68% do not trust electronic payment methods, believing that tapping debit and credit cards or using smartphone apps enables fraud. 68% of those surveyed believe businesses are doing the best they can to safeguard customers' personal information. That trust level is down from 72% in 2017.
10: Well, I think it's, it's, it's primarily the rate uh, uh, that we're seeing these breaches occurring. Um, and, I, and I think it, the public also has to take responsibility for them, themselves. You think about how much data we leave behind. You think how easy it is to, 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 to trick an individual into giving you information based on trust. I mean, we're, all, we're Canadians. We trust people, naturally. And uh, it makes us easy, to easy targets. You are your own protector of your information. And the way you strengthen that human firewall is really uh, obtaining the knowledge that you need to decide, is this an appropriate transaction or am I being, am I being tricked?
6: Now, since fraudsters are always looking for your personal data, be extremely cautious about what information you share online. To avoid identity theft, use only trusted websites, reputable payment processors, and check your bank or credit card statements regularly for any discrepancies. And if you have a consumer issue for me, there's my email address at consumermatters.globalnews.ca.
2: All right, thanks very much, Ann. Another day of mourning for family and friends of a young victim of the Humboldt Broncos bus tragedy.
1: A public memorial for 18-year-old Broncos rookie, Evan Thomas, in his hometown of Saskatoon. Close to 4,000 people in attendance. Many wearing jerseys from the teams Thomas once played for. Dozens of recorded tributes were played from family and friends, and his father, Scott Thomas, delivered the eulogy.
3: When you leave here today with a little piece of heaven in your heart, please endeavor to be a better person. With a little piece of heaven in your heart, please endeavor to be kinder, gentler, and more humble with a little piece of heaven in your heart, endeavor to make the lives of every human being you meet for the rest of your life just a little bit better. Because that's what my son, Evan Thomas, would have done.
1: Thomas was one of 16 people killed when the Broncos team bus collided with a semi-truck on a rural Saskatchewan highway 10 Friday, days ago. He joins Gordy Howe as, as the only people to be honored with a public memorial at Saskatoon's Community Arena.
2: Quite an honor. And a BCMP says the humble tragedy has raised once again the question of safety on coach buses used by thousands of athletes and school children every year.
1: As we first reported on the weekend, Surrey Liberal MP Ken Hardy is calling on his government to revisit the issue, including whether seatbelts should be mandatory.
12: Canada has seen some bad bus crashes this year. A tour guide ejected through a coach window on BC's Coquihalla Highway in early February. Race,
3: race, 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 race. Race,
9: race.
12: Same month, same highway. Dozens are hurt when a pair of Greyhound buses and several other vehicles pile up. And earlier this month, 16 are killed when the Humboldt-Broncos team bus collides with a transport truck. The country is mourning, and after a period of reflection, politicians are now wondering what safety improvements are needed especially should seatbelts be mandatory. What we really want to have a look at is, is there anything we can do to improve survivability in, in the event of a bus crash? There isn't likely to be much resistance or opposition from motor coach operators. In fact, an industry association says they've been pushing for safety improvements
8: for years. We're, I guess, a little frustrated that it, after 10 years of trying to convince the government that it uh, should be made mandatory, that all new coaches manufactured have seatbelts on it, um, they're only talking about studying it.
12: America has already moved ahead with mandatory seatbelt legislation. Canada has been slow to follow, but Ottawa is moving. We're looking at a model quite similar to the United States, where they've gone forward with it. We've I can't give you an exact date, but we've been looking at it through the normal regulatory process for about a year now. The new push should look at more than seat belts on motor coaches. There are other safety advancements to consider and likely provincial regulations to account for.
8: There have been numerous studies on, on coach safety, so I'm not sure what we need is more studies. I think what we need is for governments to act on the things that have been recommended by previous studies.
2: Jeff Hastings, Global News, Vancouver. Coffee giant Starbucks still reeling tonight from growing protests over its treatment of two black men.
1: The outrage sparked by a viral video showing Philadelphia police arresting the men as they waited for a
14: friend. Do we Justice. Do tonight, we anger on the streets of Philadelphia.
5: I'm angry at all of it. And I am angry. I'm an angry black person. And I'll tell you why. This system makes us angry.
14: Protests erupting inside of Starbucks. Residents staging a sit-in amidst nationwide calls to boycott the coffee giant.
6: If you can't even go into a Starbucks to wait for a friend to come,
14: you're not safe anywhere. This after two black men were arrested here Thursday while waiting for a friend. Police say they wanted to use the restroom, but the manager said, per-store policy, they couldn't since they didn't buy anything.
5: Group of males refusing to leave. When
14: the men wouldn't leave, she called police. Today, the company's CEO apologized on video before traveling across the country hoping to meet the men face-to-face.
0: These two gentlemen did not deserve what happened, and we are accountable. I am accountable.
14: Philadelphia police maintained the arrests were according to protocol.
0: These officers did
5: absolutely nothing
3: wrong.
14: But the mayor says the outcome was unfortunate.
3: It's a societal issue. People are, you know, react differently based on the color of people's skin and it's wrong.
14: This as people across the country are now taking to social media to share their own experiences of what they believe to be the company's discrimination.
1: In Health Matters tonight, some new hope for many patients with lung cancer. Two promising new studies suggest combining immunotherapy with chemotherapy can improve survival from non-small cell lung cancer, the most common type of the disease. Researchers at New York University and Johns Hopkins found that adding immunotherapy Immunotherapy drugs doubled the overall survival rate and made it less likely the cancer would progress after one year. Immunotherapy works by harnessing the body's immune system to attack tumors. Well, almost five months to the day after his wedding, Prince Harry will be in Australia in October for the opening of the competition he started four years ago.
2: Global's Kylie Stanton caught up with some of BC's dedicated veterans as they train for this year's Invictus Games for armed services and veterans.
15: There's a word for this. Embodying the fighting spirit of these men and women who've been tested.
5: I lost my vision because of a brain tumor.
15: And challenged. I suffered some sexual trauma. But have never given up. Last one. Good job. Good job. The word is Invictus.
0: I am Invictus.
15: Team Canada is in training for the international sporting event taking place in Sydney, Australia this fall.
3: It's going to be game on down on the
15: founded by Prince Harry, it's a chance for the ill and injured active and veteran service personnel to push their new limits. Pull, 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 pull. Competing in 11 adaptive sports, everything from powerlifting to rowing You're getting there. and swimming.
8: There were 700 people that applied to be part of this team. 40 were chosen. They served our country and they're privileged, I think, to take that on again and wear Canada proudly again.
15: The Sydney Games will attract more than 500 competitors from 18 different nations. But the athletes are united in their struggle, using sport as a tool on their road to recovery,
6: and more importantly, knowing they're not alone. Now there's 40 of us. We start talking and sharing about our issues and about what we're going through, and it's amazing.
15: The team has another six months to prepare, mentally and physically. Off we go. The weight of their past slowly lifting so they can reclaim their future. It's life-changing. It's, it's empowering. And that's Invictus. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
2: Wish them all the luck in the world as they train, too. And a mother gorilla bonds with her one-day-old baby at the Smithsonian National Zoo after the forecast, the moment that will melt your heart.
1: And right before our weather, you think the rain here is bad? Check out what's happening in other parts of the country. A storm in southern Ontario built up ice on Toronto's CN Tower. That ice falling to the ground. Office windows were shattered and a hole was punched in the roof of the Rogers Centre, forcing the cancellation of tonight's Blue Jays game. Elsewhere, a backyard security camera captured this close call for the family dog. Closer to home? Calgary and parts of western Alberta under a snowfall warning with as much as 20 centimeters expected.
2: Good thing that dog got out of there.
7: Woo. Mm-hmm. Six
2: cents. Okay, let's check in with Christy now and uh, have a look at what's going on around here.
7: By the way, that 20 centimeters in Calgary is more than they would see in the entire month, and they may get it in one day. Ouch. Yep. Yes. So it certainly has been a wintry spring on both sides of the country. A pool of cold air in the west here has meant for a lot of snow on the local mountains. Both Cyprus and Seymour are now closed, but this is the scene up on the mountains right now. It is coming down. They've seen up to 15 centimeters in the past 24 hours. Grouse Mountain is still open and they're expected to be open until early May. Now, Meanwhile, lower down, we had snow in the 100-mile house this morning. It was tough for those there to wake up to. Not impressed in Buffalo Creek, says Marty Walters. And, uh, yes, that snow still could fall in some eastern sections. So here's the scene tomorrow morning. Those of you in the BC Peace River down through the East Columbia, East Kootenai region, still the potential of some wet snow at the very least and through your region. Meanwhile, a nice break in through the interior. For those of us across the south coast, I think we'll see drier conditions in the morning still a slight chance of an isolated shower. Possible breaks of blue sky but not a ton of sunshine. And then in the afternoon, yes, the showers return and we're back to scattered showers with mainly cloudy skies. So it is going to remain unsettled for the next two days. I'll show you that one dry day that I talked about earlier in a second. There's the showers for the coastal regions. Nice break from the central interior down through the southern interior. Although still showers further east you go into the Columbia region and we'll see the showers mainly in the afternoon across these areas with hopefully some breaks of blue sky, but still overcast skies expected. High of 11 degrees, by the way, an average high for this time of year is 13. We are well below that. Still showers expected Wednesday morning. The one dry day is going to be on Thursday. That's what it looks like at this point anyways. And if you want the long range, it still weighs off, but it looks like next week may be pretty nice, hopefully. Quick look at your uh, weather window first of all, and then we have a contest for you. Grant Matisse Send us this. Miles and pepper in the daffodils there and we've got a great contest for you watch for the uh, code word tonight and every night this week for your chance to win an incredible four-day three-night all-inclusive trip to the beautiful Haida Gwaii check out the details and enter at globalnews.ca slash bc all right thanks Christy
2: well good bet now as we go back to the Ape video. Good <laughs> bet you're going to be seeing a lot of this video over the next few days.
1: At the Smithsonian National Zoo in Washington, D.C., Kalea, the western lowland gorilla, has been cuddling her newborn son, Moki. Staff who've been watching closely captured this amazing moment between mother and baby.
9: Oh, good girl.
14: Oh.
1: Staff say Galea is nursing her baby who's been clinging closely to his mother and they are cautiously optimistic that he will survive.
2: A little mocha. Okay. The maternal instinct seems strong in that one. I'm just going out on a limb <laughs> and saying it very, very cute. nice. Sweet. Hi Squire. Hello, how are you all doing?
16: Very Good. well. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. Dunkin
1: I can't dunk either, so.
16: I can dunk a donut, but I can't dunk a basketball. <laughs> no. This man, on the other hand, I don't
1: know if I still could. I'd give it a
16: good shot. Yeah, you shot. might hurt. Yeah, you don't want to hurt, you. hurt yourself. I failed the last few attempts, but yeah. I, I still got it. in. Elementary me. school, you'd look spectacular. Yeah, right. I can
1: dunk those like Nerf ball ones, the kid ones from Toys R Us. Oh
16: yeah, yeah, yeah no, I could do that too. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Kai Kamara will not be able to play alongside his good buddy Alfonso Davies for a few games. Kamara is out with a groin injury. He suffered that actually. At practice last Thursday and without him the Whitecaps offense comes becomes I should say a bit less potent luckily the injury isn't as serious
9: as groin injuries sometimes are um, it's gonna be a few weeks um, it's obviously a, a strain so it's not ideal for us. Um, disappointing, but hopefully um, probably not the first home game we have after Kansas, but the second home game.
16: So that would mean he'd be back May 11th against Houston. But if you ask Kamara himself, he's optimistic he could be back sooner.
0: Yesterday I went out for a nice little jog, you know, with the dog and, uh, you know, double stroller. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today, you know, doing some more work and uh, I'm feeling good.
10: The Whitecaps would feel even better if they see this out of Anthony Blundell. The Venezuelan striker will see his first significant action of the season at a critical time for the Caps, who not only lost their star striker at Camara, but have also tasted defeat in back-to-back matches.
9: We saw in pre what he brings. He's a very uh, energetic player. Uh, he only stands small bits of English, so it's important we give him a little bit of time to to understand the way we play. Uh, But having Kai on the field also helped him as well because he learned what Kai was about, what he should do and shouldn't do. Now he's not got that, now he's got the opportunity to, to have a run of games and it's important we put players around him that will help him be successful as well. Straight
10: over the top, now it's a foot race for Eric Hurtado. That supporting cast is likely to again include Eric Hurtado who started at home last week against LA. Hurtado has foot speed to burn and what he lacks up front in size is more than made up for by Breck Shea. Both have scored this season. Without Kamara scoring up front, it is officially all hands on deck for the Caps.
9: i um, having the wide players stepping up. You know, Breck Shea obviously has got three goals in the early part of the season. So Breck, Bernie, Teixeira, Fonzie, uh, Anthony and Eric. They've all got to step up now, but we've always been like that. You know, we had Freddie last year. We had Octavio the year before obviously we've got Kai this year and Kai was going to get a rest at certain times anyway he gets his rest now that he's injured
16: Game 3 Bruins and Leafs two carats against Frederick Anderson watch Anderson save here on David Krejci he's down, glove up and Krejci could not beat him 2-1 Leafs somehow this beat Anderson though from 41 year old Zdeno Chera second oldest guy in the NHL right now Matt Cullen's the oldest Then 2-2, Austin Matthews, and Marlowe has scored two for the Leafs. They're up 4-2 in the third period. The Washington Capitals are down 2-0 in their series with the Columbus Blue Jackets. A bit of a surprise, but Capitals forward Brett Connolly is still the biggest story of the series so far, and not for anything he did during the games. It's what he did before a game. Connolly, who is from Prince George, tried his hardest... To make this little girl smile. Here we go. Look at this, the there she is. She wants a puck. On the glass. So Conley gets a puck. Her, figured, okay, I'm this is for this her. Throws it over. I think it's trend. dad catches it. And he gives it to that boy. Who ball. might be her brother. Oh, well, so she's look like...
8: The look on her face. I
16: know. That was supposed to be for me. Oh. This is a dreadful night for me now. Then he throws another one. And they give it to the other boy on the other side. Now it's like, hey... It's for her. Now I gotta go back and get another one. <laughs> so this time, I think the dad figures out it's for her. You see him point oh yeah, nope, now he can't now he can't throw it over the glass anymore for some reason. His arms are tired. Finally he gets it over. She gets it and look at the look in her face. Wait for it. There it is. She will never forget this night as long as she lives. The power of vulcanized rubber. All right. After three world championship golds, a gold and silver at the Olympics, Patrick Chan is retiring from figure skating. He's 27. He won his Olympic gold this year in the team competition. Best individual at the Olympics was a silver in 2014, a dominant force for a long time. Won the Canadian men's title 10 times. Was Canada's male athlete of the year in 2011. Oh, Boston Marathon today. Looked like they did it in Vancouver. (laughs) <laughs> um, the winner on the women's side was Desiree Linden, the first American woman to win since 1985. Canada's Krista Duchesne of Ontario finished third. She's 41, hadn't been at the Boston Marathon in 10 years. The men's race was won by Yuki Kawachi of Japan. That's Japan's first win since 1987. So it was 80s style, Japan and America winning at the Boston Marathon. It was hailing at the start of the race. It was oh, terrible. That's oh, it's brutal. Terrible. Yeah. All right. There you go.
1: Thanks, Thanks squire. squire.
2: Around your province, around your country, and around your world, around the clock, we've got it covered. BC1, your 24-hour news channel.
7: Coming up on ET Canada, Beyonce makes history in Coachella, as you know, while Carrie Underwood returns to the spotlight at the ACM Awards Plus. Amy Schumer responds to the online backlash about her comedy, I Feel Pretty. That is all coming up at 7, right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Chris and Sophie. All right. Thanks
1: very much, Cheryl.
2: A belated honor today, more than seven decades in the making.
1: As Aaron MacArthur reports, a B.C. World War II veteran is finally getting the recognition he deserves.
10: I'm very happy to be here to be presenting these to Michael and his family on behalf of, uh, of a grateful Canada for your, your father, your grandfather's service. It's been 73 years
4: since Michael Springford served his country. Seven decades of not knowing he'd been awarded medals for that service. His family, as surprised as anyone, the country would choose to recognize him now. This one represents that
10: Michael volunteered to serve during the war. He stepped up like a lot of people.
4: Michael Springford volunteered for the Navy in 1939. He served five years plying the waters of the North Atlantic, and like servicemen everywhere, didn't talk much about his time overseas.
14: I didn't see him, and I, I didn't know if my mom had them or where they kept them or where they were. But it was exciting.
4: Mr. Springford wasn't feeling well enough to make it to his medal ceremony. Ninety-eight in May, his mobility has become an issue which has led to isolation. The whole way House Society is working with marginalized veterans like Michael Springford to give them the dignity and the respect they deserve.
1: Many of them don't have contact with family or um, have a family unit
14: around them, so we want to provide support for them so that they're able to uh, feel supported and feel uh, very honoured in our community.
4: Veterans Affairs took just three months to process the request for Springford's medals. His age meant his file was pushed to the top of the list.
10: It means a lot to us as Canadians to be able to to recognise those people, even uh, if they're too humble to want it. You know, So it's, it's great uh, that we can get something for Michael and his family.
4: With or without his medals, Springford served his country with pride. And now, 73 years later, we can all say thank you. Aaron MacArthur, Global News.
1: And we do.
8: Thank you, thank you sir. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, all right, last word on weather before we go here, because it... Uh It's been nasty, let's be honest. (laughs) April's not shaping up so great.
7: No, that's for sure. Uh, Tomorrow and Wednesday is not a soaker. Well, 40% chance of showers, mainly along the North Shore and out in the Fraser Valley. Uh, Wednesday, the showers are really mainly in the morning. So Wednesday afternoon, Thursday, not looking too bad.
2: All right. First baseball practice of the year. Good timing. (laughs) All right. Thanks for watching, folks. Have a good night.
1: Good night, all.